Welcome, everybody, at another episode of the Wrestling vs. the World podcast. We all enjoying your day awesome. If not, whatever. So, this was something that I kept stewing about. Because this was a common problem I think we still see within WWE. And that is a pretty cold art fact that they don't know how to book number one contenders to championships anymore. Chances are they'll either put in a part-timer to challenge for a championship, or they'll just make somebody a number one contender just out of the blue instead of building somebody up for a spot, despite all prior booking. Now, when it comes to the part-timers, I think an easy example we can give Goldberg, because how many times has he suddenly gotten a championship match ever since he's come back in late 2016? Like, one moment he's challenging Drew McIntyre for the WWE Championship, he disappears, he comes back and automatically gets a Universal Championship match, despite not being on television to justify getting a title shot other than just the fact that he's Goldberg. He hasn't won a match to earn the championship match. So in storyline, why does it make sense for him to challenge for a championship, despite not doing anything to build up and earn the shot? Like... Just being there and squashing somebody does not automatically make you number one contender. You have to build, beat somebody in order to get that title shot. But it's like with the part-timers, especially like Goldberg or a lot of times Brock, they're there, they're not a champion. Oh, I just want to challenge for a championship again now just because. Like, they can't try to use the old freaking rematch clause and work. When WWE did that whole, oh, the fans are now the authority they try changing the rules and everything. They try. They then change the rules saying that, hey, the rematch clause is out the window now. You lose a championship, you have to earn it again. Like if, But again, even with people who haven't been a champion, they'll get a title shot without actually having to earn it. Again, I'm not saying Goldberg doesn't deserve opportunities. But the thing is, he's not doing anything on television to earn a title shot. Just appearing and automatically clearing he wants a title shot does not work. You have to have a match and become number one contender. And there have been plenty of ways people have been able to do it in wrestling. They go on a winning streak, they win a tournament or a battle royal, or something that makes sense to where they win a match, and automatically they earn their opportunity to become number one contender. If you want an example, look at the build to Armageddon 2008. The big Intercontinental Championship Finals match was between CM Punk and Rey Mysterio. They had this tournament building up to the pay-per-view to determine who would rightfully get a title shot against William Regal for the Intercontinental Championship. That's how big of a deal they tried making this, saying, hey, you have to earn your shot to eventually be able to challenge for the championship. And they did that. That was a great way to do it. You built somebody up saying, hey, this person's better than all the rest. They have earned their shot to become the number one contender for this championship. And I know a battle royal can also kind of seem cliche, whether it becomes being a champion or just getting number one contendership, but it works because, hey, this person that won this battle royal deserves a shot because they were the last person remaining compared to 15 or 20 or 30 other people like we see all the time with the Royal Rumble. It's kind of cliche, it's cliche but it makes sense. If somebody is the last person to survive in some kind of elimination-esque like, match or style or whatever... It makes sense for them to be number one contender. Or you build them up the ranks to where it makes sense. Like if you have a top babyface champion, the most logical person for them to feud with would be the number one heel. Rather than just some Joe Schmo in the mid card. 
Now, I'm not saying that the main roster is full of rifle number one contenders, but it makes sense to work with the talent that you have rather than just constantly bringing in some part-timer that's rarely ever there that hasn't been on television in like six months to get a title shot without having to do something on television to justify the match. But I mean, like, your, your freaking full-time roster is full of people who deserve more, at least a shot for a championship because they're the ones that are there every day putting their bodies on the line working to try to build up and get opportunities. They're more honestly more deserving rather than part-timers who aren't there having to be on the road and put their body on the bodies on the line night after night as frequently as your main roster full-time employees slash independent contractors. But then you also have points where somebody becomes number one contender and it doesn't make sense when they win a match. I mean, like, two examples I can honestly think of. One of them people might be iffy on, but I'll explain it in a moment. But I mean, the most obvious one I can give, Jinder Mahal. This guy was, this guy has lost the major, most of his matches that he's had televised in WWE. Then out of nowhere, he becomes number one contender by winning like some six-pack challenge to challenge Randy Orton for the WWE Championship Backlash 2017. They didn't do anything to build up Jinder to where people can buy him as a main event guy because he still had this stench saying that hey this is still an enhancement talent guy they didn't build anything up prior to him becoming number one contender to build up his credibility for it to make sense and be accepted that he would be challenging for the wwe championship just winning one match does not do it to make somebody go from jobber to looking like a credible main event guy it doesn't happen overnight you have to build it to make people get invested and believe saying hey this makes sense they didn't do that with jinder at all like I said, he was an enhancement talent guy. All of a sudden, he wins one match. Oh, number one contender. Like, I understand they were trying to go for a market, but they clearly didn't freaking plan anything out to build gender up. Like, the most relevant thing he had did, done prior to become number one contender was being the runner-up in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal at WrestleMania 33, that freaking Mojo Raleigh won. Yeah, remember that? So it's like, it did not make a lick of sense because it was just, I don't know, and they didn't build him up to that spot to where it was accepted. Hence why his WWE title run has been looked so down upon over the years. And the other example I can give, which I'll explain in just a moment, was AJ Styles suddenly getting his title shot against Roman Reigns at Extreme Rules 2016. Because I remember Roman won the title from Triple H WrestleMania. And AJ had been with the company for a few months. And yes, he made an impact with his debut on the main roster at the Royal Rumble. Well, depending on if you want to count debut, because I know he had some dark matches and stuff like that. But in terms of televised, it was his debut. Everybody is being like, oh my god, the guy from TNA, the face of TNA is there. He's in WWE, cool. And he starts a program with freaking Chris Jericho. He beats him at Fastlane, a B pay-per-view. But then on the grandest stage in the mall, he loses to Jericho, where it matters the most. But then, all of a sudden, the next night, he wins this fatal four-way match... I know one of them was Cesaro as one of his other opponents, but I can't remember the other two people, but he won a random Fatal 4 match to become number one contender, even though he didn't feel like he was getting built up to that spot because of the odd booking from the night before. If AJ had a bit of an iffy finish at Fastlane and then won the big match against Jericho at WrestleMania prior to getting the style shot, then it would be like, okay, it makes sense. He had a big match at WrestleMania, he won in his debut, and all of a sudden he's number one contender the next night. It works. But how do you go from losing your WrestleMania debut match to somehow rightfully become number one contender the next night on Raw? 
it was a bit of an iffy situation when you look back on it. And plus, then he also had that match, and then the one, I, I think it was like Payback was the next pay-per-view, and he lost both matches, it was whatever. But it's just like, WWE has, has this problem. They either just make somebody number one contender out of the blue, just because they're, whoever they are, name recognition, they become number one contender despite not being built up to be a rifle number one contender, like out of nowhere, from like their position to just strap a rocket on them, or they lose one match where booking just doesn't make sense and then they're one contender afterwards. It's like, there's no consistency. Like I said, if you want to have somebody who is a top guy have a rifle number one contender, being on the other side of the spectrum, so like a top face facing a top heel or vice versa, make sure it is the top person on that side, like character-wise, and making sure they're actually the rifle number one contender with booking. Like, you look at 2007, it made sense with Randy Orton becoming number one contender to John Cena's WWE Championship going into the late summer, early fall. That made sense because Randy was number one heel. It made sense. Top bad guy against the top good guy. They built up to it because they rebuilt Randy's credibility after the shit that went down in 2006. I've already discussed that in an episode. But it's like now, they don't do anything to build up number one contender. They pull somebody out of their ass saying, oh, you get this title shot, next thing you know, they're down the card afterwards. I mean, if you need, want an easy example for that, look at Cesaro. One moment he's doing not a whole hell of a lot, next thing you know, he's number one contender to Roman Reigns' Universal Championship, he loses the title shot, and then back down the card he goes. Like, they're just temp... It's like a flash-in-the-pan moment. They're temporarily number one contenders, they get the title opportunity just because, oh, the champion needs a one-off pay-per-view match, and then the next, then the opponent afterwards just gone for, in terms of their booking. It's like somebody gets one title shot, and that's it. And it's a, it's a waste. They don't create a new star by doing that. I mean, like, I get it. You need name recognition and everything for, like, drawing ratings, even though WWE's been struggling to do that for years. And, like, try to get eyes on the product and stuff. But you can't rely on the names of the past forever. You have to build newer stars at some point to become your stars of the future with main event level and everything. You look at during the Attitude Era, they didn't just have Stone Cold as the top guy in the main event level. You eventually also had The Rock. You had Mick Foley. You had The Undertaker. Kane. Big Show. Triple H. And so many others. You need others to fill in the gaps. Because if something happens to your top guy tomorrow, who do you have to fill in that spot next? I mean, let's not forget what happened with Edge in 2007. As soon as he went down, they didn't really have many main event guys up there because people were getting injured or suspended or whatever. What did they do after Edge had to vacate the World Heavyweight title before Graham and Kabash? They just put on the Great Khali. You need to say more. But anyway, that's going to conclude for today's episode, folks. Let me know what y'all thought in the comment section below. I mean, it's not hard to see that WWE struggles with this. They just throw shit against the wall and see what sticks in terms of who's challenging for a belt. So anyway, let me know what y'all thought in the comment section below. If you enjoyed this episode, please remember to leave a like. If you're watching this on YouTube, subscribe with that notification bell turned on for all notifications. Or if you're listening to this on other services, follow, leave a review, whatever. And I'll catch you all in the next episode. Thanks for listening, everybody. Like, comment, subscribe. Peace out, and good day, everybody.